Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're here to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. And we're back. And we're back for episode four. Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, episode four. How's that for an intro? That was a great song. Thank you. I made it up just now as I was singing it. It was awesome. It's permanent. It's canon now. It's permanent. It's canon. <laughs> it's added. <laughs> it's added. We'll, we'll put this on our wiki page that we're making for ourselves. Perfect. Do you know what this episode is? Uh, it's a Cassie book? It's our Valentine's Day episode. Is it really? It is! Oh, good! Which means that I am going to be talking to you about my love for Cassie this book. Awesome. Which means I'm going to try really hard to have love for Cassie this book. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very misled there. I'm like, what? I don't... What? What are your feelings You're about like, Cassie? Oh, I didn't know that you loved Cassie. Well, you know what? For Valentine's Day, I love Cassie. There you go. But it's only for Valentine's Day. Oh <laughs> the one day of the year. <laughs> the one day of the year you're allowed to love Cassie. Oh boy. Valentine's oh Day. Boy. Oh. So yeah. Oh man. Here we are. What are uh, man? I'm already thinking of new battle morphs. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's morphs? that's another reoccurring segment that we seem to have at the beginning of every episode. What are this week's battle morphs? What are this week's battle morphs? Hmm. I don't know if I have any new ones off the top of my head. I thought of one. Mm-hmm. And I thought of it because, as we know, the best offense is a good defense. We could all say the best defense is a good offense. But this is the other one. This is where the defense is better than the offense. And that is a porcupine. Ooh. It would be pretty sweet. I... And also... When you were done with it, you could stick your butt into a foam board, take all your quills out, demorph, and make Native American-style porcupine quill baskets and sell them for a lot of money. Holy. Um, do you know how to make those? I could learn if I could morph for a porcupine, but I've never been able to morph a porcupine, so I haven't bothered. You haven't been able to acquire enough porcupine quills in which to embark on this endeavor? <laughs> Not... No, I don't have a porcupine, so I, I haven't ever been able to collect enough. They regrow quills, right? Mm-hmm, okay. they do. It's like a renewable resource for them? Yeah, cool. exactly. Um, Plus, they're, like, stabbing them. I just, I just think of Homeward Bound every time I think of a porcupine. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, have you seen Homeward Bound? With the dogs? Uh, like, once, like, a million years ago. Oh. One of the dogs... Is like, hey, look, a porcupine, I'm gonna go snip it. And then he gets a face full of quills, and it's really sad and tragic. 
know. I know, it's real Is he cool. the big dog? He's the, I mean, they're, they're both big dogs, but he's the, he's like the puppy. The black and white, like, adventurous, curious puppy who gets into trouble because he's so curious. Oh, he's the homer of the group. <laughs> sure yeah it makes sense in my head oh boy <laughs> oh man did you see the video of the uh, husky that the lady tried to kiss and he grabbed her face and pushed it aside <gasps> like don't kiss me oh no I didn't oh I had to send you that one yeah good cause I feel like there's not a husky video that I haven't seen, so when I do find one I haven't seen, I get really upset that no one sent it to me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. Oh, which leads me to another morph. I would get a husky morph, and then we could just film, like, fine videos all day that were really funny with our human intelligence, oh and God. we could get sponsors. Hell yeah. We could make so much money. Yes. We could make so much money. Yeah, because, like... A bunch of people I know are doing like the whole like dog Instagram thing, oh, and I'm just I know. and I'm just like freaking monetizing on your dog or your cat. You know, I'm thinking about like little bub or grumpy cat and little bub. Little bub. I love little bub. <laughs> and uh, the pug loaf account. <laughs> yeah, and and like the menswear dog and all them. Menswear dog. Yeah, it's What's a Sheba. That? It's a Sheba, and he wears men's clothing. Oh, no, just looks, like bow ties? Like, like they kind of make it look like he's a human-shaped guy, but he's, so, like, they stick the dog head through, like, like, jackets and shit. He looks oh. very smart, but... Is it like that Weimariner Kind of, yeah, like the white okay. Weimariners, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. But, mm, yeah. Interesting. The age of Instagram and our dog's place in it. <laughs> a dissertation <Yes. laughs> on the Animorphs podcast. <laughs> oh, man. That's okay. So, not only would the Animorphs have so much trouble with like the technology today, like with video cameras and like monitoring systems and everything, mm-hmm. but like they could totally use that as like, look at this adorable dog and get like sponsors on Instagram and stuff because they could like use their human intelligence to make up adorable poses. Yeah. Or do adorable things. Have you seen the, yeah. the guy with the... It's like the Japanese guy, and he's got a Shiba. And he, like, always goes to kiss it, and she always puts her paw up and, like, stops him. Yes. And then she, like, Aww. presses a button and, like, a thing flips and it blocks him from kissing her. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. I That's love that. awesome. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love that so much. Dogs are great. So good. Dogs are great. Oh, man. I love dogs. But they're cats. Yes, I love, I love cat. I love all the animal. All, there are all. There aren't any dogs all. and cats in this book, though. There are no dogs and cats in this book, except maybe like just in passing. That's not mentioned in the story, but like we know that like they walked past one on the street. Yeah, and Rachel mentions a cat at some point. Who was that? That's true. What's what? Oh, I thought I, I thought I heard like a cricket noise, just like one. That's not a joke, oh, it... but it's like oh, oh, okay, I heard it again. <laughs> That's... Crickets. Is it from my basement? I'm in my creepy basement, and there's a lot of crickets and like those um, giant millipede cricket hunter things down here. Ew. I know it has like a million legs. They're pretty cool. like a taxon. 
Yeah. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> there are taxons in oh, your basement. I should send you a picture. Oh my god. The, if taxons were about two inches long and their legs were like really kind of longer than just little pincers, then 100% yes, this looks like a taxon. Excellent. Yeah, and then I have like those giant crickets that are like, again, several inches long and tall. Great. I know. So I was wondering if you heard one of my cricket friends. I don't know what I'm hearing. I don't know. Who can tell? Maybe it's the Yerks. They're trying to get into our podcast and take over. Sounds about right. I feel like the sharing would have a podcast if Animorphs were set in nowadays time. I feel like the sharing podcast would be like Night Vale. <laughs> oh <my laughs> They'd be God. like, welcome to our wonderful sharing group, <laughs> all of our families. Except like it's the alternate Night Vale, you know, the guys that are really nice, but then it slowly like deteriorates because you can tell the government's taking over. Sure. They're like, welcome to our wonderful city. <laughs> Everything is fantastic. The government has issued an order that they are to have a picnic today. Oh you must all go to the picnic. <laughs> it is mandatory. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I can just picture it it's now. so sinister. So sinister. It's like so nice that it turns into sinister. Like, we are going to have a beach day. We will play volleyball in the sand. All people report to the secret meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> that that would be a fun podcast to do. Just like the sharing weekly. Yeah. Another podcast idea. I'm just going to keep throwing these out every single time we record. Perfect. Another podcast idea. Sharing podcast where it's just the weekly update newsletter from the sharing. I like it. Perfect. We're doing it. <laughs> Add that one to the books. Okay. All right, let's talk about Animorphs Book 4, The Message. The Message. Message in a bottle. <laughs> I'm just going to sing spontaneously, because I'm sure the audience really wants to hear that. Well, I mean, I sang that beautiful opening. It would be sad if we just let them down and didn't sing ever again in this podcast. Perhaps. Someone's <laughs> cup of tea, I'm sure. I mean... If they really don't want us to, they'll have to review. I guess. And subscribe to make sure we never do it again. Ha ha. <laughs> We're on to you. <laughs> We're on. We've got you in a corner now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of having someone in a corner, <laughs> book four. Oh my God. <laughs> a Cassie book. It is a Cassie book. Who we love. <laughs> we love her. Happy Valentine's Day. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's a lot of love in this book, to be fair. It's a lot of romantic there sort is. Of hints. There is. There's a lot of romantic hints. There's a lot of uh, discussion about loving the earth, loving all of Mother Nature's creatures. Very hippy-dippy. <laughs> so, I I just, I'll, I'll just keep going. So, this book opens with Cassie holding onto a squirrel. An adorable squirrel, I'm sure. As you as do. As they all are. As you do, as one does at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she is giving him a chestnut and uh, acquiring him because she's going to turn into a squirrel to go on a secret nighttime mission. She's going to find out who's been coming into her barn without an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> and eating the patients. Yeah. Because it can't ever just be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Some... They lost a duck. Yes. Someone's picking off birds and that's not cool. 
That's not cool at all, especially ducks. Ducks are ducks great. Ducks are awesome. They are great. What's your favorite kind of duck? Um, oh, okay. Oh, shit. I was going to say a Mergenser. Yeah, it's a kind of duck. Is that a duck? I'm kind of cheating. I'm kind of cheating mm. a little. It's duck-like. Yeah. Okay, I'll let me get to my favorite kind of duck. Oh, shoebill. Or, sorry, shoveler. Oh, yeah. I like buffle yeah. heads. Oh, shit, I should have said buffle They're heads. They're so cute and tiny. I was wrong. Buffle heads are also my favorite, too. Excellent. <laughs> this is why we are best friends. Yes, we because like we have all heads. the same likes. <laughs> and the rest of our friendship is completely destroyed. It's the buffle heads that hold us together. Oh, my God. Sounds about right. Oh, man. If this if this animal ate a buffle head, I'd be in a rage. I mean, yes. This mysterious animal that we don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's a mallard. Oh, I thought because... it's a, a mallard sneaking in and eating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. Yes, yes, Cassie's, that's what she finds out. There's a duck that sneaks in and eats the other ducks. Cannibal duck. Animal duck. <laughs> oh, God. That's not what happens. I'm sorry. I lied. <laughs> what actually happens is Cassie acquires a squirrel and then starts to morph it forgetting to put the squirrel away yeah but it's okay it's it's fine because he runs into his cage and she swears this is true he shuts the cage himself uh... yeah cassie once again dropping the ball with those animals why did she start morphing into the squirrel without putting the other squirrel away why would you even do that i don't know I, that's <laughs> The same reason you let your friend feed a hawk cooked meat. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> I honestly, again, this is my love fest for Cassie. I I sometimes wonder if I'm maybe a little too hard on her because I hold her to a higher standard because she works in a rehab center. Mm. And I, I assume she should know some things. And I forget that she is still just a 12-year-old and maybe doesn't know. Well, or 11-year-old. I An 80-pound-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, did you like that Snapchat I sent you? I did. It was amazing. <laughs> For clarity, audience, um, if you remember our uh, how much do you... 12 year olds weigh discussion what from what age are you when you're 80 pounds yeah it, yeah what was that episode one um i was uh, yes i was at the grocery store and i was looking at the magazines while i was waiting in line and there was some like people magazine with angelina jolie on the cover and they were saying like angelina jolie's weighs as much as her 12 year old child shiloh and it said he was 80 pounds and i'm like there we go we solved it Cracked that case. Yes. Those fools, they'll never doubt us again. Exactly. Oh. Anyway, um, well, Cassie also anyways. Cassie also morphed into a squirrel inside a room full of other predators and animals, which... Yeah, she figures that out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Like an idiot. So she, she did, she morphed in the middle of this room and she starts freaking out. She's having troubles controlling the squirrel instincts as... They so often do with these high-energy prey animals. Mm -hmm. um, and then Tobias just comes swooping into the barn, and he kind of he freaks her out a little. She's, like, twitching, freaking out. She jumps across. He sees her, 
and he decides, yes, snack time. Because he doesn't I'm know it's her. It. Yeah. He doesn't know it's her. She can't talk yet because she's still out of control. So he swoops to get her, and as he's about to land the hit, um, all hell breaks loose. The The fox shoves his head in through the wall. All the animals start freaking out because they're all prey animals. Uh, the wolves start howling for no apparent reason. Because they're wolves. And then, That's what wolves do. Because they're wolves. They, they just did it. And then all the horses start freaking out because they can hear the wolves howling. And that causes Tobias to miss, which causes Cassie to fall to the floor. And then the fox is like, nailed it got this squirrel and that's about when she gets control of the animal and she's like tobias save me and he's like cassie what are you doing and she's like can you please save me from this predator and he's like but why are you being a squirrel right now and she's like can we talk about this later (laughs) (laughs) um it's not quite that out of control but it definitely has that feel when you read it yeah i I had the benny hill theme song going the whole time There's just like like shits falling over. There's like brooms clattering to the floor, and it's just like <laughs> as like the fox knocks a bunch of stuff over, and Tobias is like flapping around on top of him, like yeah. oh god, <laughs> chaos. Uh, it is chaos, but Tobias does pull through and uh, goes and gives the fox a pretty good rake along the backside, and he takes off. He does not want to deal with Tobias. I t- so that that was good on his part. I don't think a red tail would have actually ever gone after a fox, but yeah. you know, well, he at least scared him. Um, and then Tobias is like, "Cassie, what are you doing here at midnight, turning into a squirrel?" And my first question was, "Tobias, what are you doing in here at midnight? You're a hawk." So, how does he feel about that? That's a that's a fair question. I thought it was a fair question, and Cassie didn't think of it. Ah. <laughs> oh. Cassie, she's always just not thinking about things. So, um, yes. Like, I feel, like, I, I, in my notes I wrote down, like, man, we're already, like, two pages in and Cassie's already being, like, super reckless about, about all this and just, like, not thinking these things through. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, but Tobias and Rachel did that shit in the last book and, like, these kids just don't think and it's frustrating. Yeah. We're being really hard on Cassie again. We gotta, we gotta love her a little. I mean, I, at least that's my mission. The point you you said about holding her to a higher standard t- than the others because like she's very knowledgeable about animals is that I I think I I kind of do that too, like I don't know, but that's probably not fair. It's I mean it's probably not fair. So I'm gonna leave it at that instead of saying like, but it should also be expected because she does work with these animals, but. You know, she does her thing. (laughs) So um, Cassie and Tobias are hanging out there, and uh, Cassie makes a joke, like, what are you going after, a squirrel sandwich? And Tobias is like, I was thinking squirrel barbecue. Um, And then he says, I hear something, very ominously. And it turns out just to be Cassie's dad. He opens the door, and he's like, what are you doing out here? And she started demorphing when she was talking to Tobias. Um, So she's well on her way to being a human girl. But she does happen to have this giant fluffy tail behind her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's trying to demorph it and as fast as she can. And her dad goes, uh, turn around real quick, just for one sec. And she does. And right as she does, the last of it like kind of swoops up into her spine. He's like, I thought you had a tail. And she's like, ha, ha, wouldn't that be funny? Flying saucers. And, uh, <laughs> 
the running gag. Yeah. You don't believe in that, do yeah. you? <laughs> mm. Oh, man. And then she points out, like, my dad's the type of guy that needs an hour and three cups of coffee to wake up. And I was just like, man, I feel respect. you. Respect, yeah. Res- mad respect. <laughs> That's me. Yep. I, too, need an hour and 45 minutes and at least three cups of coffee to wake up. Yep. So... That's what happened with Cassie and Tobias, and then uh, they just kind of very casually drop into this conversation, like, oh man, even if it wasn't for the dreams, I shouldn't have come into the barn at midnight. Tobias is like, the dreams, end scene. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's legit. That's what happened. The mysterious dreams. So the gang meets up the next day, and Cassie asks, have any of you had weird dreams about the ocean? And uh, Marco immediately chimes in, no but I have had dreams about falling into some sort of abyss and meeting King Friday from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Who is King Friday? He, I believe, and I do not know because I didn't look it up, I believe he's the king puppet that sits in the castle and um, Mr. Rogers goes and talks to him um, in his weird train castle. Okay. He's just like the weird little hand puppet that like waves his wand around, scepter, I guess. All right. I clearly yeah. haven't watched enough Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood then. Yeah, you should definitely go and uh, rewatch all that. He used to swim naked every morning. Mr. Rogers? Yeah. All right. He did. All right. At his, at his house pool. And one time a guy came over to do an interview and he just, like, got naked in front of him. Yeah. I've, yeah, he did. I mean, and also the sweater that he wore, the red one, it was, like, an homage to his mother because she, like, knit him that sweater or something. Holy so shit. he put it on to say hi to her every episode. Aww. That's, that's what I know about Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I have too many feelings. I feel like I feel like people come here for the Animorphs, but they stay for the factoids. Yeah, we have a lot of them. <laughs> we have a weird amount. I don't know why I know that about Mr. Rogers. I just do. Well, now that we've got, gone off on that tangent, Marco also um, does mention that he has Baywatch dreams sometimes of um, an unknown origin, and that does kind of include the ocean. So, he's pretty much there. He's pretty much on board with Cassie from step one. Right. <laughs> so, and Rachel kind of makes fun of him. It's like, oh, you're dream- dreaming about King Friday? Like, you need some help, man. And, like, after coming off the Tobias book, my reaction to this was, like, you know, they probably do really need some mental help, but not about this. Yeah. <laughs> someone help these kids. So, they need some therapy. Someone... Please get these kids some therapy. Anyways. <laughs> so anyways. Um, they uh, they all met up at Rachel's house. And this was a, a point where they... I think they've taken a turn for the better. They've started planning out getting to her house at different times. They have Tobias flying surveillance in the neighborhood. Um, they made sure to meet up at a time that Rachel's mom and her sisters are not going to be in the house. And it's a little bit of overkill for this particular situation... But it's nice to see that they're actually starting to think about uh, security and making sure they're not found and, and kind of stepping it up a little bit because they've been a little lackadaisical in the previous books. Yeah, you dumb 12-year-olds. <laughs> you idiot children. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, here's another part where I'm going to go off on a weird factoid tangent. So Rachel's room is set as being like put together out of a magazine. It's very beautiful. Everything matches. And she has a bulletin board with two quotes on it. And the first one is a Malayan proverb saying, don't think there are no crocodiles just because the water is calm. 
The other is, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles by Sun Tzu. I'm probably saying that wrong. It's S-U-N, first name, last name, T-Z-U. So, um, when I first read this, I'm like, oh, that's funny that Cassie read that because she's all about, like, knowing herself and, like, knowing, you know, finding out the motives of not even her enemies, but also her friends. And, like, she's really into motives. So I looked up Sun Tzu, not knowing anything about him, and he, like, wrote The Art of War. And, um, yeah. And, well, they think he did. There's some, you know, historical problems with that, and they think maybe he didn't, or maybe he plagiarized, or maybe blah, blah, blah. Um, But one of the coolest stories slash the worst stories that I got about Sun Tzu was um, he was told they were testing his skills. The King of Wu tested Sun Tzu's skills by commanding him to train a harem of 180 concubines into soldiers. Sun Tzu divided them into two companies, appointing the two concubines most favored by the king as the company commanders. When Sun Tzu first ordered the concubines to face right, they giggled. In response, Sun Tzu said that the general, in this case himself, was responsible for ensuring that the soldiers understood the commands given to them. Then he reiterated the command, and again the concubines giggled. Sun Tzu then ordered the execution of the king's two favored concubines to the king's protest. He explained that if the general soldiers understood their commands but did not obey, it was the fault of the officers. Sun Tzu also said that once a general was appointed, it was his duty to carry out his mission, even if the king protested. After both the concubines were killed, new officers were chosen to replace them. Afterwards, both companies, now well aware of the cost of further frivolity, performed their maneuvers flawlessly. And I was like, well, I guess that's not very Cassie-like. That's actually more Rachel-like. Hmm. Yeah, so that's... I. I got into it, man. I was like, I, these quotes must have something to do with like further in the plot. And, uh, you can draw some comparisons and I just love that it was the art of war. And I love that Rachel's preparing for it. And I also imagine that she too would be like the type that'd be like, yeah, execute those, those concubines. And then everybody else would be like, Rachel, that's not what we should do. And she'd be like, "Hmm, let's do it. (laughs) So anyway, damn, that's like next level (laughs) shit. I got a little intense. I mean, that's really what took me so long in reading this book. I just kept going off on tangents. Meanwhile, I'm just giggling because then Jake pulls out a video cassette out of his bag and I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like video cassettes. Remember that shit? And the other thing I, that whole scene is like that he pulls out the video cassette and he's like, where's your VHS player? And I was like, this is amazing. And then they all go traipsing down the stairs together with Tobias flapping awkwardly overhead. Like, (laughs) come on, guys. Like, carry him or something. He's a bird. Um, And then he and Marco have the whole thing where Marco's like, hey, man, uh, are hawks like seagulls? Like, could they poop on your head? And Tobias says something like, "Uh, you know, it it depends. It it can be. He's like, all I'm trying to say is, like, if you get on my nerves, wear a hat. So that cracks me up. Um, but for the records, hawks generally poop before they fly, and they poop straight back. So he'd have to have really good aim and be ahead of Marco. Right. Just for factuality's sake. And owls poop straight down, yeah? And owls poop straight down. Owl could poop directly on his head. Yep. Fun facts. <laughs> for facts. Yay! <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so... <laughs> oh, hey. Getting... I, yeah. I actually had a note. Uh, do hawks poop while flying? And which, I guess... <laughs> 
I'm here for you. I can sense the needs of the people. I mean, like, I, I kind of figured they pooped before they flew just to like, kind of, like, lighten the load a little bit, but... Yeah, most birds. Um, yeah. That's not to say they can't poop while flying. They just generally don't. Yeah, they can. They just usually do not. Gotcha. I've always wondered, though... It, I don't know why I've always wondered this, but I have. Like, when Tobias is just hanging out at their house, do you think, like, he ever, like, just once kind of forgot himself and just, like, pooped down one of their walls? And I was like, ah, damn it. Oh, God, Rachel, so I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> I totally forgot I couldn't just poop wherever I wanted. Oh, my God. Oh, I think that would be hilarious. I feel like so, I feel like there's probably some, like, modesty about that, you know, considering how modest they are about, like, Oh no, I couldn't morph clothes. Like, I better, like, avert my eyes or whatever. Um, yeah. There's, there's probably enough. I don't know. That's, this is a long <laughs> segment about bird poop, though, so. It's... So, so. It's so, it's so important. Like, bird poop is really important, guys. You can tell a lot about many animals from their poop, and we should all be more excited about it. No shit. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Casey. Damn it. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Oh, my gosh. Okay, back to the notes about VHS tapes being from the 90s. Yes. So So, um, Jake pulls out this VHS tape. They go downstairs and they watch it. And it turns out to be like a news segment about a guy who found a weird part of something, an artifact. Yeah, just like a chunk of chunk of metal. Weird chunk of metal. And I'm just sitting here like, okay, you you obviously recorded this, but like, how how did you know when to record this, like or or like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they don't have the ability to rewind. Does he just record the news on the off chance or something? I mean, needs? maybe like that would kind of be oh. smart if you're like oh. scanning for info. Don't they play it twice though? So like, he could have watched the earlier news segment and then like been waiting oh. for it the second round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh. Yeah. Jacob, instead of just calling his friends and telling them what he saw, he's like, I have to make an, a freaking impression on these idiot children so they rally around me. Bust out the VHS. <laughs> VHS. <laughs> God. Oh, Remember when man. you had to rewind things? Be kind, rewind. Yep. <laughs> I do remember that. And then do you remember how they actually made money by selling you a machine that would rewind your tapes for you? Oh, I thought most VCRs just did that. Maybe in the later days. Uh, but they there was actually just like a separate machine. Oh and it wasn't like a VHS. It was just like a little square that was only maybe an inch larger than the cassette. That would, you just pop it in to rewind it for you. So you did not have to rewind it in the VHS player. Shit. I know. And people made money on that. We have DVDs now. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you didn't even go to, like, digital movies. You just went straight to DVDs. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I did not go to digital. (laughs) Shoot. I'm sorry. I really missed the mark on that one. Let's let's edit that out. No, no, no. And edit in that I said digital movies. (laughs) No, that was hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god damn it oh. 
I am so still behind the times. <laughs> you kids and your MP3 players. <laughs> you kids and your Zooms. <laughs> oh my oh. God. And can you imagine if we handed these guys a Zoom, they'd be like, what is this magic? It'd be like, it'd be like Ron Swanson. <laughs> When he's just like, Tom put all this music into this triangle. This is an excellent triangle. Or sorry, rectangle. I thought it's a rectangular. God damn it. I need to redo that segment. Oh. Hey, if we can't edit in anything here, then we're just going to have to keep going forward and imagining that iPods are triangular now. Oh my god. Why did I... Actually... I'm not stupid. It... <laughs> I swear I'm not. <laughs> I just said the wrong word. It's okay. I said DVDs were the future, and we're already three iterations of technology past that at this point. Jesus Christ. We're, we're not doing well. <laughs> this podcast is going south, guys. We're also 35 minutes in and, like, barely 10 pages into the book. Uh, <coughs> sorry. And this is a really important book, so I'll, I'll start pressing on, you know. Because otherwise we'll have to rewind this podcast. Oh, God. And re-record over oh, it. God. It'll probably be our wedding tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. So uh, the, the guy comes on the TV from the recording that apparently should be wearing a shirt but is not. And uh, he has a piece of metal or debris in his hands. And on it, there's some writing. And Jake goes, I'm no expert, but that looks pretty similar to what I saw on Elfangor's ship when I went in there. And that causes everybody to kind of pause for a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, shit. And uh, that at that point, very conveniently, both Cassie and Tobias pass out. Yes. And Cassie's caught in Jake's strong arms, but <sighs> doesn't even have the wherewithal to remember it. Ugh. Whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tobias felt like from flying mode is twitching on the floor, and nobody gives a flying f about him. <laughs> flying, except for me. <laughs> uh, pun intended. Yes. Pun intended. <laughs> um. So they're like, call an ambulance, and uh, about that time, Cassie's kind of coming back too, and Rachel's like, has the phone, is like, I'm gonna do it. And Marco's like, no, it's too big a security risk. And I'm like, thank you, Marco, for being the voice of reason again. Um, And so Cassie kind of comes to and is like waking up. And then they say something about Tobias and Cassie turns to him and he looks dead. And uh, then she realizes he's still breathing. She announces he's still breathing. At which point he wakes up and jumps up and completely like flares all his feathers out and starts. Can I just make a comment about fainting? Yeah. I have fainted twice in the past couple of years. And I thought you were gonna say days and I was oh, like, no. go oh, to no, the no. hospital. No, no, I promise. <laughs> Why are you talking to me on this oh, podcast? Get medical attention. No. Oh god. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um sorry, I panicked. It was okay. Um so yeah, I've I've fainted before very recently. And I have yet to see anything in media that kind of accurately represents what it's like to wake up from fainting. Because, like, when I was reading this, Cassie, like, basically kind of wakes up and she's kind of like, oh, what happened? And then, like, immediately, like, gets up and runs over to Tobias. It's like, okay, after I have come to, I'm, like, weak. Because your blood pressure drops spontaneously. You're weak. You get, like, really sweaty. 
And you, like, you can't really do anything for, like, at least 15, 20 minutes afterwards. Maybe I'm just, like, super weak or something, but, like... No, no, no. Absolutely. Like, you've passed out before, right? I ha- I did. I went through a, a spell um, at the end of college where I passed out a few times. Um, and then I realized maybe if I drank a little water, it might help. Water! Um, water! Turns out, if you dehydrate yourself because you don't like to taste water, you pass out... Um, so drink some water, guys. Yay. PSA. Get your eight ounces or whatever. The eight ounces. <laughs> um, yeah, when you wake up from passing out, like, and, and I try, like, I, I, my first reaction is always get up as fast as possible because, like, I hate being in those positions and every time I, like, fall down, get thrown, whatever, I try to get up immediately and from passing out, it's almost like you have like deer legs. Like you can't quite make it back up and you keep struggling to your feet, but it, it takes some time. And when you come to oh, it, it's like you have to come from far away. Yeah. So it, it takes a little time. Yeah. And that I don't know, like I have a lot of pet peeves in media. Like another, another pet peeve I have is when I'm watching a TV show and somebody's holding a gun and they have their finger on the trigger and I'm just, and they're just, oh, yeah. like, walking around with it. And I'm like, do not put your finger on the trigger unless you intend to shoot right then. Like, Yeah, and have your safety yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. Like, it's just, it's little inaccuracies like that that just kind of drive me up the wall a little bit. So I was, I was a little bit, like, sad about the fainting thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, she's fine. Like, no big deal. And I'm t- if I was there and there was, like, a hawk injured, I, too, would immediately try to get up and, like, see what was going on, see if I could, like, you know, help, whatever. But, like, I wouldn't be able to get up. Yeah. So. Anyway. Maybe we're just too safety conscious. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't Maybe some people run around with their fingers on the trigger of guns. <laughs> I guess. Mm. Why am I defending those people? They're idiots. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the internal struggle is real. Yes. Oh, man. So, anyways, yeah. Cassie passes out, and um, since this is the Love the Cassie episode, um, she was stronger than both Casey and I and overcame her weakness immediately. Probably because she's 80 pounds, and it takes, like, 10 minutes less to regulate her blood pressure. Yeah. Because she's a child. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm just going to throw out any medical explanation I can. I'm not a doctor. I know nothing. I mean, maybe it's like when... When a really young child breaks their bones, um, they take much less time to recover because their bones are still kind of soft. And Oh, yeah, because they're made of elastic bones. Yeah, so maybe 12-year-olds just recover more quickly from fainting than almost 30-year-olds, you know? <laughs> I guess we're going to have to take out some 12-year-olds and see how long it takes them to stand up. <laughs> uh, oh, Christ. We're doing it for science, guys. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I'll I'll make a note to look up some stats on that later, like when we <laughs> looked up how many people were in the world in the nineties. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll edit that in later. Cool. Maybe, probably not. Um. So, anyways, uh, they when they passed out, they had that's the other thing. This wasn't like a medical pass out reason. This could have been a different like. Maybe their blood pressure didn't drop. Maybe their brain just kind of like clicked off for a second. Sure. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm making excuses for them now. <laughs> so they wake up and um, they've both had this vision of oceans and uh, we're, I think there is flashes of um, sort of Andalite type speak in there, but not an actual alien or anything like that. But 
after they wake up, they start questioning them, was the voice human? And Cassie goes, no. And then she's kind of like, oh, that's silly. Why did I say no? I mean, I have no clue. And then she and Tobias are both like, no, that it wasn't human. And then Tobias is the one that's like, end the light. And they're like, yes, that's exactly right. Um, so now they know there's an andalite in the ocean. Uh, and they take a moment. They have a kind of a heartfelt moment. They remember Delfangor. And Rachel, I don't know why, but immediately goes on the defensive to Marco. And is like, I know this doesn't mean anything to you, but he died trying to save the Earth. And Marco is kind of like, what do you think I am, Rachel? He's, I know, it means a lot to me. So um, that was a weird moment. Because in this book, Marco... He's against doing all of this, as he is in the other books, and yet he's more willing to fight than in any mm-hmm. of the previous ones. Yeah, I was noticing that, too. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just, like, Cassie's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, she has a better perspective than Tobias does, because he was a dick in Tobias's book. Right, yeah. <laughs> and now he's kind of, like, turn, turn the other cheek here. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Marco is is all in, and they say, okay, well, let's take a moment to vote and decide on what we're going to do. And uh, Rachel says, there's an Andalite calling for help. I'm ready to go. Tobias says he shouldn't get a vote because he can't go into water. And uh, But he all knows, they all know how he would vote anyways. Um, Cassie is like, you know, oh, I can't ignore someone's cry for help because she's a hero. And Marco does the most awesome thing ever, which would totally be something I would do in this situation. He's like, man, I am so sorry to disappoint you guys. This is a real bummer. I really hate to do this. Um, but I was there too, and if there's an Andalite who needs anything from me, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yay, Marco! <laughs> He's such a troll. I love him. Yeah. And I love all of them, because it's Valentine's Day. In this episode, not when we're recording, it is nowhere near Valentine's Day right now. Yes. Spoiler It's called a backlog. It's called a backlog. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with it. I don't it. know why I got really intense there. Oh, I had a random question. Okay. Um, I don't know what prompted this, but it's in my notes, so I'm going to assume it's legit. Um, can yeah. you acquire a morph from someone who is already in a morph? No. Okay. Just curious. I'm here for you. I'm here to answer your curious questions. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> um, so after Marco is a troll, they cut to the beach. To the beach. To the beach. And Marco is giving everybody shit because he couldn't take five freaking minutes after his heroic effort to join the team for once and be nice. He's like, I had dreams too, guys, and my dreams were staying safely at home watching TV. Why don't we ever do my dreams? We all just do your dreams. Uh, so while they're having these conversations um, on the beach, and uh, it's they start turning towards, why is it Cassie and Tobias that can hear these voices? And um, Rachel's the one that kind of brings up, well, Tobias is a hawk, so he's always in morph. So he's kind of closer to Andalites, and Cassie's the best morpher. So maybe her um, kind of inherent closeness to animals means that she's better at this and she's more receptive to these sorts of things. Which confused me because, like, I understood why Tobias might be hearing the Andalite better because, like, he was there with Elfangor, you know, much longer than everyone else. And they make a point to mention this a lot. They do. Um, Yep. So 
I guess I, I didn't really think that that was not the reason, but then it didn't explain Cassie either. So I, yeah, I don't know. And like with Cassie, it's more like, I feel like her explanation is just that she's more spiritual as a person. So like, she's closer to these things. Like, I feel like they're almost making the argument that because she's so good with animals, she has an inherent understanding of nature. And that just means that she's closer to this like clairvoyant Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. But it felt like a really loose premise. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they're like, we wanted this to happen in the Tobias book, but there's so much internal struggle Mm -hmm. that we could not. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Well, Anyways, Tobias uh, then sees people with flashlights over in the next dune. Does does and, he see? Uh, because again, this is at night. He does not. This is at night. He's, he's Tobias is a hawk. Beams. Tobias makes a point to mention that his vision in the dark is no better than a human's, and I wanted to fact check with you to see if that was correct. No, it's worse than a yeah. human's. I mean, I, I honestly think this like yeah. seeing in the dark thing is just suspending reality for the sake of the narrative at this point just because it happens so much i'm just like all right all right fine i feel like she retcons that later though. does she like i feel like she if i remember correctly and i might not i do think that in later books she starts mentioning um how they they can't really see it all at night Hmm. i think it was this earlier books that it's more like we need a scout so we're sending him out but um in later books, she's kind of like, yeah, no, that didn't, that doesn't quite work like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm also just really picky. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. This is all fine. It's, everything is fine. Everything Come is okay. down us. Yeah. We're, sorry. We're not freaking out. This is not us freaking I'm out. I'm so sorry. I don't want to. I'm not Again, sorry. I don't want to mansplain animorphs, but... <laughs> our our secondary podcast yeah casey and alex man <laughs> come to a theater near you 2020 um so they're on the beach they see flashlights and they I, I guess at this point they talk a little bit about um controllers and yurks and what kind of people become controllers just for like background narrative for people that are just jumping in um yeah and a little bit of the sharing too yeah and then my I had a random question, like, that just kind of came up in my brain. It's like, what kind of people become voluntary hosts for the Yerks? Like, it's not... Well... I don't know. Like, I don't see the appeal at all for anything other than fear. Or, like, you know, bargaining. Like, like the Chapmans. Oh, yeah. Like, so... I feel like they... They don't really cover this, but they kind of talk about it, like, as time goes on here. And it's really people who are alone. Like, Tobias is the perfect target. Gotcha. Right? Okay, it's kind of like, this will make you feel better. Like, this will make you feel not alone. This this will solve all your problems. I gotcha. Okay. Like, come be part of this group where your family will take care of you. Everything you're craving from your family that you can't have, we will give you. Gotcha. Okay. By the way, we're going to stick an alien in your brain. <laughs> Minor technicality. But that's like a footnote. That's like the tiny copy you see at the bottom of Christmas. Yeah, that's that's just a side effect. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It'll probably be fine. 
And oh man, as we get into the further into the book series and we start learning more about the relationships between Yerks and their host bodies. Oh. Um, I'm gonna pause real quick. Alright, I'm just gonna keep recording. Okay, um, because I think <laughs> it's taking from my built-in microphone instead of my actual microphone. Oh no. oh no! Why does it reset this? Hang on. I am so sorry, audience. I realized I was using the wrong microphone for the first 50 minutes of this podcast, so I'm very sorry if the audio sounds weird and is now better. Much like, <laughs> much like the Animorphs, we too don't know what we're doing and are stumbling blindly through this trying to figure it out as we go. That is very accurate. Yeah, we basically are the Animorphs. I'm going to stop yelling at the kids for being dumb now. I'm like <laughs> saved that all for myself. I, so in this one episode, when we have like been really, really mean to Cassie, well, not really, really, one really, really mean to Cassie, we also... I have said DVDs are the height of technology. You have said iPods are triangular. And um, we've <laughs> used the wrong mic to record. And the last episode, I deleted an hour and 20 minutes of my audio files and have to restore it. We, we are on top of it today. We are we are killing it by Animorph we standards. You know what? At least neither of us are dead and we are not controllers. That is always a bright side. That's the bright side. So, we're doing great. So, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, <man>. speaking <laughs> of doing great, um, so they're on the beach and they get discovered. They do. Their footprints get discovered, much like Jesus. And um, this somehow sends all of the controllers into a tizzy, which is, I, you know, they're on a beach. There's bound to be tons of footprints, right? But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the controllers are like, ah, they're, they're ahead of us. Get them. Uh, it was Chapman, actually, that yells, get them. And Rachel goes, morph. And Marco goes, no, then they'll see our footprints turning into animals. And then they'll figure this out. Um, which is really funny because very soon after this, we revisit that. Um, so Cassie's running away. The light beam from the flashlight goes over her. And then she's being shot at. And she's With like... With an actual gun, not a dragon beam. Right. And that, like... That, like, kind of freaks her out because it's, like, yeah, it's one thing when it's all this, like, sci-fi nonsense. Like, yeah, I'm fighting, you know, hork when I'm a wolf and they're firing draken beams at me. And she's, like, but this is a straight-up gun. Like, this is a human weapon. <laughs> and uh, so she freezes and Jake grabs her and he goes, run to the water and morph. And uh, says, we're going to morph fish. Even though it's freshwater fish, they're going to do it anyways because what other options do they have? Right. So... Cassie can hear the controllers talking on the beach while she's morphing into the fish. And uh, Tom very astutely says, those were children's footprints. They're probably just kids. So, and then Chapman's like, yeah, we don't know why that idiot was shooting. He goes, there's children's clothing floating in the water. Chapman's like, that's a coincidence. Tom's like, what if it's kids morphing or people morphing and not Andalites? And Chapman kind of laughs and he goes... Yeah, but are you going to be the one to tell Visitor 3 he's wrong? He goes, maybe it's kids. I'm not telling him anything. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting because um, going back to book two, after uh, Rachel did her partial elephant morph to scare off the creepy dude. Fluffer McNutty. <laughs> Fluffer McNutty. Sorry. Sorry, that was book two. But uh, yeah, when she did that the half elephant two. morph. 
Yeah, and the guy screamed around away, and then the Chapmans pulled up, and you, I think you had made the comment, like, at the, at that point, we don't know if Chapman knows mm-hmm. about it, because he may or may not have seen her morph. Right. Um. So, I don't know. I, I kind of read this scene as, like, holy shit, maybe Chapman does know? Or maybe not? I don't know. I see. And I, I'm without spoilers. Yeah. There, there are. I'm whispers. sorry. I keep putting you in this position of like, <laughs> I have a, I have a theory or a question and I know, you know, the answer, but you can't tell me yet. So I'm so sorry. It's okay. I, I am. Oh, I was going to say something. I'll say it later in the book because this is a spoiler within this book, but I'm going to hold off on it. Um, cool. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fine. I I just I'm also trying not to like I'm trying to give you my theories and like lead you someplace which is I shouldn't, but I'm trying to lead you some places because I want to make a point down the road about it. Okay. So, um it like there's remember when we talked in book 2 and I said Visor 2 or Visor 2. Oh my god, Visor 3. <laughs> there is no Visor 2 in any of these books. Um, oh boy. When I said Visor 3 was not a great leader. And not a lot of people respect him. And we learned that in book two. Right. And that really kind of undermines his leadership back then. And there's whispers of this guy, like, you know, throughout his ranks of, like, he's crazy, right? Like, what he's asking us to do is insane, right? And throughout the book, it it kind of works towards the Animorphs' advantage. <laughs> and, it, yeah, he's a terrible leader. He should not have been put in this position. He should not be the leader of a subtle invasion and mm-hmm. it shows and it just gets more and more obvious as as the time goes on <sighs> so that was probably talking myself in a circle and made no sense but hopefully no, one day one day one day it'll make sense um so the kids make an escape they say keep the beach on your left and go as fast as you can and jake's checking in with everybody which again throwback to he's never gonna make that mistake again after the whole tobias thing um, you know, Cassie here, Rachel here, yep, yep, yep. Marco, you here? And Marco's like, where else would I be? This is exactly where I'm meant to be. I'm so oh, glad no. I'm here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yes. Um, sorry, I am going to go back to the, the Chapman thing real quick. Do um, it. So are they aware, you know, Tom brought up that they might be, ki- they might be kids. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, are the controllers aware that the Andalites would probably have human morphs if um, they were trying to blend in on Earth. Yeah, well, because uh, that would be their tactic when they were on Earth. So they, I think they could safely assume that they would acquire people fairly quickly. Um, and even Visor 3, you know, because he, he has insight into what Andalites would do because he has an Andalite host. Right. So they... They could safely assume they would acquire human hosts before, but, um, or human hosts quickly upon landing. But I think there's some other things going on here. Like, they don't behave like Andalite warriors because Andalites are not really guerrilla fighters. Mm-hmm. So they can be. There's divisions of the Andalite military that is guerrilla warfare but that's not who they send and that's not who they were fighting right outside of earth before everything crashed okay gotcha yeah so i think that it's it's just speculation from his ranks it's just that nobody has 
the confidence to approach him and, and suggest this because he's not a leader that you can suggest right. things to. He will not take feedback he's, in a good way. He's not General Leia Organa. Let's say that. Oh, Carrie Fisher. I love, I love you. you, Carrie Fisher. Happy Valentine's anyway. Day, Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spread the love. Spread the love. For that. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> I had enough tragedy at the last episode. I, I know. I happy, feel like it's a happy, downer. Happy, happy thoughts. Oh, happy thoughts. All right. Um, happy thoughts. Jake comes to hang out with Cassie, and it's pretty cute. Oh, one, one note before we start oh, that. Oh, man, you don't want to go to the happy. I feel like you're lying to me about wanting no, no, to go no, no, to the happy. I'm, no, this is a totally just minor complaint. Okay. Lawyer of the year. Rachel's mom wins lawyer of the year. Is yeah. that even a thing? Where? How? Who what, gives that award? In what? I. In what case? Co- like at her company? Year. Maybe it's at her company. Like I, Employee of the month, lawyer of yeah, the year. Like, it's at her firm. Maybe. Lawyer of the month. Yeah, maybe at her firm, but like. <laughs> I that was weird. Anyway, I think they very... just wanted to like depict how successful her mom was, and they're like, "What? She's a lawyer. What awards do lawyers win?" And um, maybe it was like what I think happened in the uh, opening of X Files, like where they left in that slide that just says paranormal activity, and like they wanted to put in paranormal activity but forgot, so it just says it. Maybe this is the same thing where she's like placeholder lawyer of the year, and then she <laughs> forgot to go back and change it. <laughs> oh my god perhaps okay sorry that was completely not related to the plot at all i just wanted to point that out i mean it was brought up in the book it's fair game i mean i mean honestly if it wasn't brought up in the book it's still fair game we talk about whatever we want yes (laughs) fair game yeah if you're gonna put it in the book it's gonna be noticed oh um so yeah jake and cassie hang out and uh cassie to me, indicates that she is a total Hufflepuff um, just because she's very much into the earth. But does she find she... anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, she finds that the ocean scares her. She makes a point to like tell Jake that, that the ocean... She's like, I, I understand the earth. I do not understand the ocean. It's so big and vast. Which, like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty fair I mean it's a pretty relatable feeling about the ocean for a lot of people I get that but like did you think that that scene was really weird where all of a sudden she's like it's like ah the ocean scares me but I'm just a farm girl I get the earth everything in the earth is fine did you hear that we've owned this farm since world war one or whatever she said civil war was it yeah oh Oh, and then Jake's like, yeah, I had Thanksgiving with your family last year, and then your grandma told me all about it. Where was was Jake's family? Why didn't you have Thanksgiving with that? Yeah, I was like, Jake has a, you know, a very big whole family. Like, where, like, I don't know. Usually when you go over to someone else's house for Thanksgiving, when presumably your family also celebrates Thanksgiving, I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like meeting the parents. That's like, that's that's like a serious relationship movie. Serious relationship. (laughs) I mean, it's not just like coming over for dinner. That's for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It's it's very. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing when that happened. I was like, Jake, what are you doing over there? And may, maybe it was just that his family went to uh, the sharing for a good wholesome turkey dinner, and he was like, you know what? Oh no. 
Cassie's house. Or, or maybe they did like what my family does, and we usually have Thanksgiving dinner for lunch. Really? So maybe, yeah, so maybe Jake like had Thanksgiving dinner for lunch, and then he went over to Cassie's for like actual dinner. I don't know. Maybe he was oh. just like party hopping. Oh, that would be badass. Oh my god. Jake's such a badass. That would be so badass. much food. That'd that would be so, be much, so food. much food. That would be like my family, because like my family for Thanksgiving, well, for any meal with my family, dinner is at like nine o'clock because nobody knows how to organize anything. They like, they'll be like, let's start dinner at four. And they'll realize they forgot everything and like have to go to the store. And I'm like, haven't you known about this for like weeks now? And so they eat at nine. So like you can totally go to some normal family's Thanksgiving at like five and then like at nine, go back to your house for other Thanksgiving. So like maybe Cassie's family is like, we have so many animals to take care of. We don't eat dinner till like 10 p.m. Sure. That's my guess. I don't know. I like I'm... how we're like fixating on things <laughs> that aren't really like relevant to the plot. <laughs> They're just kind of like offhand comments. We want to get into the nitty gritty. We said we were going to, I don't know if we made any promises actually on this podcast, but. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to make one now. We get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. We don't fuck around. <laughs> we're after the real story. <laughs> the real story. Here at Animorphs Anonymous, we delve deep. Well, I, you know what? I think that's fair because I think, you know, I, I haven't listened to other Animorphs podcasts or read a lot of other Animorphs, like, you know, summaries or cliff notes or mm-hmm. whatever. But I'm pretty sure, you know, most of these things cover, you know, the stuff that we're not covering. I, I don't want to be like, we <laughs> like, cover the stuff wait, that no one else does. Like I don't major know. plot points. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Which we gloss right over. <laughs> I know. We're just like, yeah, and then this thing happens, whatever. Right. But let's talk about Jake and Cassie at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Not to be like... Again, I haven't looked at other Animorph stuff because I don't want to spoil myself, but... Yeah, uh, I, I really try to stay away from it. Um, I have listened to one podcast um, that kind of ended um, prematurely, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. And uh, it was more, like, it was more of a very structured uh, conversation. Like, it, it was very different from kind of the vision, I think, that we have and that we talked about for this podcast, which was more like we're having a conversation like we would on the phone by ourselves. <laughs> right. It's a very informal discussion between two very close friends about a mutual interest. Exactly. And it's not like we're trying to go over, like we write down the major plots to like drive the discussion, but we're not going over like the structures of the writing and like the things that people that are much better at that than us can talk about it. Sure. What we're good at is getting to the bottom of why Jake would go to Thanksgiving against us. <laughs> <laughs> for no reason <laughs> and, and whether or not lawyer of the year is a real thing <laughs> which it's not <laughs> nah, i'm pretty sure it's not i'm pretty sure it's not i mean but we also talk about animal facts which you know is pretty cool animal facts are awesome we play to our strengths which are off odd yes <laughs> which is it's weird. a it's a selected a selective skill set that we have so yeah so anyways i really think that I don't know why they gave let Jake go for maybe oh no never mind I won't cover that now I was gonna say Jake's family why wouldn't he go to like another relative's house because I know his grandpa is like a pillar of his family so why wouldn't he have Thanksgiving with them but it, I could see him just doing it at home and maybe hit the rest of his family like split up to do something like they went to other relatives house maybe they're at Rachel's house 
No, her mom wouldn't cook. Her mom's a terrible cook. She's too busy being lawyer of the She's year. She's too busy being lawyer of the year to cook. <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to be at Rachel's mom's house and everyone was going to go over there, but she was so busy lawyering, she forgot to defrost <laughs> the turkey. So Jake we, split for Cassie's house. Solved we, it. We tied the two incidental situations together <laughs> for your benefit, audience. You were asking we did that these for questions. You. We have gotten tens of letters probably <laughs> asking this question <laughs> tens of hypothetical letters we oh have we have probably gotten letters about this and we dove oh. deep we brought Yikes. it we brought Yikes. it this is it i i like to think that this was the highlight of all of the episodes we've recorded so far the thanksgiving discussion the thanksgiving discussion <laughs> actually you know what no kangaroos with guns was better that that was pretty cool I died when I heard that. <laughs> oh, so anyways. Anyways. <laughs> back into the actual plot of the book. Um, so Jake goes over there, and I, I thought this was a really adorable scene. Um, Cassie doesn't, to me, doesn't normally seem to connect with the people. She says she does. So like, she's like, Rachel's my best friend. But there's no supporting action there. Um and this was one of the few times where I'm like, oh, Cassie really did bring the supporting action. Like, she and Jake have this cute moment of, like, they're just doing chores together. And, you know, Cassie's, Clean like, cleaning up poop. And Cassie's kind of like, I'm covered in poop. This is embarrassing. And to cover that, she's kind of like, all right, help me shovel manure. And he kind of, he's being adorable about it, too. And they, they kind of have a good time together. And um, it doesn't last long because Jake's actually there to ask her to make a decision. Which Cassie doesn't want to do. Mm, I can relate. I hate I, making decisions. Me too. God, decisions are the worst. And like Cassie not being as weak as me, when she says it, Jake's like, she's like, can't you just make it for me? And Jake's like, I could. Like, he very seriously was like, yeah, if you want me to, I will. And uh, I would have been like, cool, it's on you, buddy. <laughs> but Cassie is not like me. She was like, oh, I can't make you go through that emotional turmoil. You've already gone through enough, so I'll make the decision. Uh, and the decision is whether or not to go after the Andalite under the ocean. Of course. The answer is yes. Of course. Why would you do anything else? What kind of asshole would do anything else? Even me. Even me who doesn't want to make that decision would decide yes. God. 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 Um. That went off the rails real fast. Perfect. (laughs) So um, then they decide, or try to decide, what are they going to morph? And Cassie's, I believe it was Cassie that said dolphins. And Jake goes, cool. And then Cassie goes, well, we can't morph dolphins. And Jake's like, well, well, why? (laughs) And she's like, they're highly intelligent. And uh, Jake's like, cool. And then bounces. He's like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then right before he leaves, um, making her make this decision and, like, putting this really hard thing on her, he uh, gives her one last throwaway line, which is, like, fucking Casanova here. Casanova. Oh, yeah, like, I'd rather be shoveling manure with you than doing homework without you any day. Exactly. And she was kind of like, I think that was a compliment. That's some high school level pickup shit. Damn. He's he's ahead Swamp of his time. bastard. Yeah. He is. He's super suave. He's awesome. Freaking. Whatever. (laughs) 
Anyways, my next note on here is the kids are still paying to get into the park. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if I were an Animorph, I would, like, try to write off all those tickets on my tax forms or something. (laughs) (laughs) What is your day job? Uh, Super secret saver of the world. Um, Can I I write this off? Also, uh, we morph in the barn space. It is 60 square feet on the floor. Do I need cubic feet to write that space off? <laughs> I uh, Didn't we have another question about taxes in a previous episode? Oh, God, I don't know. We should start compiling these, and I can ask my friend who's like a CPA or whatever they call it. Um, I can ask her all of our tax questions. I'm going to ask her about this. Okay. Because I feel like... The problem is you'd have to have, like, a lawyer form or you'd be self-employed. And if they're self-employed, they'd have to register. And what are they, a not-for-profit, a 501c3? They're like, I don't know, do vigilantes get... No, vigilantes go to jail. That's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say they're a not-for-profit rescue organization. And they just happen to rescue the human race. They're also 12, and they don't pay taxes. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're also dependents. Never mind. Oh, my God. I know how taxes work. I'm an adult. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right, so um, they, they get into the park, uh, and Cassie has probably the most un-Cassie-like moment in the entire series right here, and that is Cassie says... Uh, Marco's mom died. She thinks it's kind of romantic how the dad mourns him. But at the same time, death happens. Get over it. What the fuck? Yeah, and then she's like, death happens all the time at the animal clinic. And, like, I'm... Animals mean more to me than people. But there's something a little different about, like, when your mom dies versus when, like, the animal that you brought in for rehab dies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even I know that there's a difference there. And I'm emotionally yeah. stunted. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't cry at Coco. I didn't cry at Coco. <laughs> <laughs> I am evil. I have no heart because I did not cry at Coco. Holy shit. That oh. being said, when my when my starling dies, when Gax dies, I'm going to need, like, fucking... I'm going to be like Marco's dad. I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to spend every day in my bathrobe. I'm not going to talk <laughs> oh, to anyone. No. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. But that, it was very un-Cassie-like. Like, she's supposed to be the emotion. She's supposed to be the heart of this Captain Planet group. And she yeah. just isn't in this moment. It's yeah, I... really mean. Yeah. Uh, I know. The hell, Cassie. The God. hell. Well, anyways, I guess she decides Marco's over it. And uh, they go to see the dolphins. And they give us a really strange explanation of the park that we didn't need to know, which was that mammals are up front, and then it's the Shamu Stadium. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't see why that was I didn't totally either. relevant. But, but, but she named it, so we mentioned it. <laughs> oh, and once again, once again, uh, the zoo staff comes by and is like, oh, hey, Cassie, oh, you, bought, you brought your friends with you? Go play with the dolphins. Have fun. Mm-hmm. I and, was like, uh, come here's on, a bucket Eileen. of fish. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> it was Eileen. Yes, I know it was, but it was just very funny when you said Good. it. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah, Eileen just gives them a bucket of fish, and Cassie goes, oh, this won't disrupt their feeding schedule, will it? And she's like, nah, just make sure Joey doesn't get it all, because, of course, the dolphins are named after all the Friends characters. I I, I wrote, are you shitting me, in all caps, <laughs> on my notes. 
I wrote that about Joey getting all the food. Fuck. <laughs> I was just getting a random f bomb. Fuck. <laughs> just, just fuck. In case you had any doubts that this wasn't that this didn't take place in the nineties, all yeah. the dolphins are named after the Friends characters. Jesus. I, I know. I started getting really upset because, like, not to like get into the whole like you know cetaceans and captivity argument, which uh, let them go. But um, oh, I made a note about that too. <laughs> yeah, they they don't do well in captivity, and the likelihood is one of the friends is going to die in the next year. Oh. So why like this is just cruel. Who's gonna die first? It's probably Rachel. Probably Chandler. <laughs> Damn it. Uh... And then Joey of course steals all the food. I mean Joey's Joey's setting himself up for success there, I guess. Joey knows what's up. He's the uh, only one that went on to have his own series. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? He did. Uh, he's the only dolphin that's gonna live. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, even Marco's kind of pumped about the dolphins, which I thought was a cute, so I mentioned it. Yeah. Although, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah? Marco makes a bunch of comments about how dolphins are fish. Oh my god, so Cassie funny. does not once correct him. Not even once. I mean, come and, on, and guys. I'm like, even in Free Willy, immediate correction on that. Also, Cassie feels the need to specify that medicine are called meds, but she will not tell Marco that dolphins are mammals. What the <sighs> fuck? Cassie's <laughs> priorities are just... <laughs> I can just hear, like, desk shuffling over there like you're hitting something real hard. <laughs> I, like, I kept waiting for it, waiting for it. I'm like, okay, just tell them they're mammals. They're not fish. They're ma- Cassie, right? what are you doing? Oh my god. It, as somebody who obsessively watched Free Willy, uh, it hurt me deeply that she did not mention that they were mammals. Deeply, deep hurt. <sighs> but, you know, oh. Cassie just, some maybe, remember, this is a Valentine's Day episode, so I'm trying to love Cassie. Maybe Cassie thought, that because this book was published in the 90s, we all watched Free Willy obsessively, like me, and we all knew that, and we all got mad at Marco, so her saying it would just exacerbate the problem instead of making us just move along. But K.A. Applegate is all about making 90s references, and that would have been such an easy one. Oh my she god, been like, right? She would have been like, Marco, they're not fish. Haven't you seen Free Willy? Like, that's all you had to fucking say. It's one She would have been like, <laughs> don't you know about Keiko? He's the whale that plays Free Willy. Well, Willy, but, you know, whatever. Oh my god, this hurt me. I'm sorry, I I flew into a rage. As you should. Good. You absolutely should. And also, I feel like Marco might already know that they're mammals and just be really antagonizing us. He's just, like, trolling. (laughs) What if Marco, through this entire book series, is just a troll from the 90s? (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> and the longer like we he just read... knows all this shit and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh marco's got it going on <laughs> oh god oh my god and then like honestly the next part is more offensive to me which is um they they get the dolphin morphs they have you know 
They have a good time. They go home. They have their secret phone call where Jake calls Cassie and says, oh, you know how we're going to the beach today? I think it's going to be crowded, so we're going to go further up the river. And Cassie's, like, explaining it to us like we couldn't crack that code. (laughs) (sighs) So (laughs) she... (laughs) Damn it, I'm being mean again. Okay, bringing it in. I'm zen. I'm zen. It's back. (laughs) Um... As I point to the next scene, which pisses me off, where Cassie morphs first, and uh, she goes through the normal description of it's gross, it's gross, blah, 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 I'm morphing my feet last, and blah, blah, blah. And when she completes the morph, she goes, I was really glad I didn't find a sentient creature in there. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cassie. Okay. Okay. So um, they all go swimming out in the water. Also, um, I believe uh, K.A. Applegate wrote a, as a flock of dolphins. It is a pod. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think she wrote school, too, at some point. And I'm like, <gasps> a pod. A school? It's you know what school is for? Describing Losers. a group of fish. A oh, group so of fish. <laughs> we went but apparently dolphins are fish because you didn't bother to specify otherwise. Right. <laughs> I see. This is why I told you I was trying to come in Zen. This is this is my loving Cassie episode. I'm doing my best to love Cassie, and your reaction is what I feel deep in my heart. No, no I'm <laughs> acting out. I'm acting out. Your feelings. You are, Alex. Alex. Yeah. What if K. Applegate ever finds this? <laughs> We're just like tearing apart K. Applegate's decisions. <laughs> Oh, God. If she does find this, I hope she starts, um, so far, like, based on what we've already recorded, I hope she starts at episode three, because we, it was a freaking love fest in that episode. We were all over Tobias. We we had tears in our eyes. Yeah. Let's just, maybe how K.A. Abigate listens to podcasts. Okay, clearly I'm making up my own canon right now. So we're just going to roll with it. Uh, I hope when K.A. Abigate listens to podcasts she just starts with the cassie episodes and based off of people's reactions to cassie decides if she's a fan or not (laughs) like this was my worst character no shit i can't say that this was my most peaceful loving hippy dippy character and i just want to know that people reacted to her in a way that was positive before i invest myself in their podcasts maybe canon write it into the wiki page Go to, go to K.A. Applegate's wiki page. Put that in there. Jeez. It's all just user content. There's no fact checking, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> they can cite us, too, as their source. Cite us on the wiki page. Someone change that. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So. Back, back to our pod. School of Dolphins. <laughs> to our Sorry, flock of dolphins like what if flock. a flock of dolphins that would have been a cool band name rather than flock of seagulls yeah yeah i would be that band because people name. would be like what flock, flock of, dolphins. of dolphins that makes no sense um, <laughs> if you read animorphs it does <laughs> well actually well well actually page 28 <laughs> of book four of the animorphs uh, um anyways so uh they all morph dolphin and they go swimming out to the ocean, and they are, like, living it up. They're um, having a great fucking time. They're having a great time. They're dancing with the ocean itself. Like, sharks swim, fish swim, dolphins own the water. 
I mean, that's a quote from the book. I didn't make that up. I but mean, no. <laughs> yeah, they, they are having a fantastic time. And my favorite part is when, like, Jake, who so very rarely breaks that facade of being a leader, is like, guys, you know, like, when we jumped, let's do it at the same time. And they're all like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. It was so funny. And so they do. They synchronize, jump in the air. And um, that's when Tobias is like, I know you don't think the dolphin brain has affected you, but actually it has. <laughs> You've been dicking around for 45 minutes. You've been dicking you around for 45 minutes. And that's when Cassie goes, 45 minutes? What are minutes? Who gives a shit about minutes? Um, and then, you know, Cassie would give a shit about minutes if she stopped and thought about it as the nothlet above them tells them. Uh, anyways, uh, they're... they're fantastic moment of excitement ends as they learn that they have echolocation they start to test it out and that's when they see ahead of them sharks and that sharks. scares them so they immediately <laughs> so they immediately <laughs> stop being excitable and realize that the sharks are eating a great one aka a whale a humpback whale they're eating his face my and, baby yeah our babies and yeah. so they um immediately go into action mode and start ramming the sharks I, any ideas as to what species of shark this may be? Because I was under the impression that most sharks were very solitary. Okay, so yeah, that's true. But they do come together for feeding frenzies. It is usually okay. not on a live whale, though. It's most of the time when a whale has died, you will see hundreds and hundreds of sharks on this thing. Maybe not hundreds, but like a shit yeah. ton of sharks. Maybe a hundred eating yeah. this thing. And they also have like giant orgies then, too. Oh. I mean, why not? It's crazy. I was so excited when I watched that documentary. <laughs> so, yeah, I but mean. this makes it sound like they're ganging up on. Yeah, it makes it sound like they're the hunting. The way that wolves ganging up on a caribou. Like, it's like they're hunting like a school. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shiver of sharks, actually. A shiver. That oh, much I, I remembered. I almost said a pack of sharks, but uh -huh. I didn't. I almost did, though. Yeah, it this made it sound like they were ganging up on him on purpose, but yeah, yeah, not really. Whatever. And then it also like the dolphins are fighting off the sharks, and um, that's when Cassie goes, "We could have died." And it's like, Cassie, you're you're four books deep now. You could have died in any of the books. Why is this just occurring to you? <laughs> um, and this leads to da 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 major plot point. Marco gets bitten in half, which I don't understand how that works okay so it does not physically work. so 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 and cassie as a dolphin rammed one of the sharks and made him start bleeding internally and uh -huh. then ex externally subsequently and then the only reason they get away unscathed is because that shark swam away and the other sharks smelled the blood followed him and started eating him meanwhile marco's over here with his tail bitten off and I'm like, okay, there's got to be blood here. Why didn't they attack Marco? Oh, yeah. They talk about the clouds of blood billowing out of his tail. <laughs> Why didn't they get for the other shark who was, like, bleeding just a little bit? And Marco's, like, gushing blood. And they're like, ah, fuck that guy. And it's not even like, oh, they couldn't smell it. Like, they can smell, like, what, like, what is it? One part per million in, like, a two-mile square radius or something. Like, they can sense an insane amount of blood. So, like, yeah. they know that he's bleeding for sure. Yeah. I feel and, like this is just more misunderstandings of oceanic creatures. And, and like, a shark that's, like, maybe bleeding a little bit out of the gills versus a dolphin that's gushing a ton of blood and is, like, you know, injured 
to the point of not being able to swim away, who do you think they're going to attack? The dolphin. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Lena needed to put her two cents in. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kitty. She knows. Anyway. She's was, reacting was... how upset we are. <laughs> I was I was a little annoyed about that. I was like, okay, Marco would be dead if the sharks decided to, you know, whatever. Yeah, but it it serves the plot. Yeah, suspend disbelief for the sake of the narrative. Yeah, I'm trying. So, but on the flip side, so Marco's like sitting there with his tail broken off, and everyone's like, oh shit, oh shit, he can't swim back to shore. What are we gonna do? And um, they all look at Cassie. They're like, you're the animal expert. Like she would have worked with dolphins. Right. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and also, um, I hate to be the real downer here. If a dolphin or any animal comes to me in that bad of a condition, they're getting put down. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's a quality of life thing quality, at that point. Can't, oh, what if this is a crossover with a dolphin tail and then Marco ends up talking to Morgan Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, new movie, guys. There you go. The dolphin Don't cast. Me. Don't bite me. Sorry, I had to. No. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> so anyways, this leads to um, kind of a major plot point because this is... One of the Animorphs' greatest uh, saves of all time. Um, there, Cassie goes, Morph. And they're like, he can't swim. He'll drown. He's a child. And Cassie's like, you will return to your DNA. And then if you come back to a dolphin, you will come back a perfect dolphin. And they're like, what if you're wrong? And Cassie's like, well, he's fucking dying either way. So maybe, like, give it a shot. God. Um, and as it turns out, Cassie's hypothesis on DNA was correct. And he comes back um, to so perfect a form. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, that's what they use a lot in battle going for it. Like, so often they'll be injured in these insanely horrific ways. And they're like, well, just hold on so we can get somewhere private and we'll morph out of it. That's all we can do. Which, if you remember from, like, episode one, I had that question. Like, what happens if you get injured in a morph? Do you retain that injury? And this has subsequently answered that question. Um, <laughs> Did I answer that you, question? I mean, we also answered that question ourselves. Because okay, it's like, good. yeah, because that's not how DNA works, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like we said, if I were to morph into my three-legged cat, I would actually be a four-legged cat because she, in her DNA, she had four legs. Yeah. Um, Etc. Oh, also, my favorite part in the book was when when the whale that they saved just like came over and started like singing its gratitude to them and i am not gonna lie i actually teared up a little bit reading that because i fucking love whales and i know how magical they are and oh my god i just are magical i have a lot of emotions about whales okay we both do so um the the whale comes up under them and uh and saves marco so marco doesn't have to immediately morph dolphin because remember double morphs are still really uh kind of not there not in the picture yet um so the, the whale takes them on a little bit of a ride and then brings them back and uh right kind of before they left the whale communes with cassie and uh in some mystical dolphin whale way 
He uh, tells them that they're new to the ocean because they're not little ones or dolphins. Uh, They're some sort of mix, but they're not the only thing that's new to the ocean. And he basically just gives her the coordinates of the crashed Andalite (laughs) ship (laughs) in whale talk. (laughs) So that happens. And uh, then they go home. The end. (laughs) Just kidding. Cassie goes over to Marco's house, and uh, Marco is very pissed because he does not like people encroaching on his space. He doesn't like people knowing how he lives. Um, and I I wrote in here, I always picture Marco's dad like Belle from Beauty and the Beast's dad in the cartoon. Oh, really? Like Maurice? Yeah, Maurice. Just like a freaking hot mess. Like Maurice, but always wearing underwear and an open bathrobe. Aww. That's what I picture. So, the human version of that. um so cassie kind of like goes over there and is like sorry for getting you killed almost and marco's like it's fine uh leave and she's like no i just really want to talk to you about how you almost got killed and he's like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh cool get out (laughs) oh god i was just like read the room cassie seriously he's sending out some vibes girl you gotta pick up on it Mm. and then they meet the We'll gloss over that because it's not really that important. Marco forgives her uh, and then points out something about how, like, you know, he he's he's upset, but, like, he gets where kiss come from, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't, like, have responsibility, blah, blah, blah. They're all forgiven. Yay, they meet in the barn the next day. And um, that's where they're having this fantastic meeting where they're going over the plan of what they're going to do. And then Jake says something like, and Cassie's going to go. She knows where the alien is because of the information given to her by the whale. And then they die laughing because that's insane. (laughs) And even they know it. (laughs) So, yeah, it's one of those like, this is our situation. It's so ridiculous that we can't do anything but laugh about this. Right. And they're correct. You can't do anything but laugh. So their new plan, because it's so far out into the ocean, they can't swim there without hitting their uh, two hour time limit. So they're going to catch a ship and uh, go get the ship out into the middle of the ocean and and just dive it and hope it works. Yep. So they morph seagulls and fly out to the ship, which is presumably like a a like a. It's like a, a cargo ship. I think is what you're looking for. Yeah. So the cargo ship is uh, going out there, and they're hiding between the giant crates, which I assume are just the trucking shipping containers there. And um, they're like, "Wow, it's cold." And Marco once again says, "We should have uniforms like the X Men." And somebody, please, for the love of God, he points out Cassie. He's like, Cassie, you're the best morpher. Get some jackets up in this bitch. And, <laughs> Figure uh, out how to morph shoes and jackets, yeah, please. Please, I beg of you. So um, that's when uh, Jake throws down some serious math skills. He says, we're probably going like 20 miles an hour. So like in an hour, we'll be about 20 miles out. and We can jump in. Perfect. And Rachel's like, dope. That's some great math. You did it right. And uh, then Tobias is like, actually, you're going about 18 miles an hour. And they're all like, how does this bird know? Um, so that's pretty legit. And he says he likes to uh, race cars and look at their speedometers. I mean, what, what else is he going to do? Bird's got to have a hobby, man. Just like <laughs> <Yeah>. everyone else. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they uh, go about 18 miles out into the ocean based on their 18 mile an hour thing. And you know what? There's a later book. I This is a little bit of a spoiler, but really not important. There's a later book where Jake totally correctly calculates knots to mile per hour because they're on a boat again. 
And he mm. just like throws down that math. But maybe he felt so embarrassed at this moment. And he's like, oh, God, if we ever go on a mission on a boat again, I better know. Yeah, he like took a moment to like rectify. He like he Googled it. <laughs> he spent three hours Googling it because, of course, he had to dial up using the phone cord. <laughs> <laughs> and like watch the results load of like the chart from like knots to miles per hour. Oh. <sighs> AOL. AOL. <laughs> you've got mail (laughs) goodbye (laughs) so after that very important segue (laughs) yep um marco doesn't know how to swim uh, apparently uh so we we learned that in the in earlier when he was morphing back from a dolphin into a human i mean that's true but also they just he's how he was like i don't want to drown like my mom his mom never mind i can't tell you that Oh. Anyways, <laughs> so because Marco can't swim, they need to dump him overboard. And uh, Rachel says something like, you know that when he's a dolphin, he's going to weigh like 400 pounds, right? It's like closer to 800. I'm Isn't relatively really? sure. If it's a bottlenose dolphin we're talking about here, I'm pretty sure we're clocking in closer to 800. Um, All right. Yeah. So they uh, to get him overboard, they have him lean up against the railing, start morphing. And then when he's mostly dolphin, they tip him in. I mean, it works. And then they jump in, and my favorite Rachel moment here, she jumps up on the railing and beautifully swan dives into the ocean. Here's my question, though. How, I I need to look this up, how deep is that jump? Like, how long is that jump? Oh, like, 100 feet. I think think it's, it's, it's far enough that you have to know how to land in the water, or else you will fucking break all your bones. Like, that was my initial reaction. But um, when I was a child, they let me jump off, like, the side of the rock cliff face into the water, and I didn't, like, break anything. Send me in my brain. I don't know. It turned out okay. It, that's why I was asking, like, what kind of, of ship it is, if it's a cargo ship. Like, because those fuckers are pretty big. Oh, they're but, huge. It would hurt, for sure. Yeah. I don't mm. know. Just one of those moments where I'm, like, again, mansplaining. Calling bullshit. <laughs> Let's look it up. It. Add it to our list of things we have to look up. All right. Next episode, audience, we'll answer all your questions. All your burning questions. All about... your burning questions that we asked and we assume that you also asked and wrote in about. Or you will have looked up these questions yourselves and are sending them into us. Which you can do. And save us some time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll even give it our email at the end of this episode. Yay! Yay! We have an email. We do have an email. All anyway. Right. <laughs> so, as they jump in, um, they they kind of, uh, Cassie, like, has an idea of where they are based off of the whale's directions. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so she starts leading them to the right place. And she kind of tries to explain, like, oh, it has to do with depth and temperature and currents. And, uh, you know what? At the end of the day, I can't really explain it. Um, it it's just right. So we're like, it's all magic. right, it's magic. And we're like, all right, cool. <laughs> and uh, they, as they're kind of getting to where they're going, there's a helicopter coming with a sensor that's trolling in the water. So they're like, well, controllers have followed us out here. And uh, that's great. And that kind of panics them. And so they take a deep breath and they dive. And they're like racing to get to this, to the dome ship. Um, and right as they're getting to the point where they're like, we should surface again, we're running out of oxygen. They see the dome ship, and it's beautiful. 
it's an asparagus spear tree. It's like crazy colors. It's a giant dome that's like with this huge field in it. It's, so they're like, all right, let's get in there. Um, they go around to the hatch. They see a panel. They hit it. It opens. They go in there, drain it of the water, and demorph. And they're in. So they're like, let's get into this thing. Because the Andalites are our allies. They open the door. Jake's the one that hits the panel. And next thing you know, bam, 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 they are all unconscious. <laughs> because Andalites aren't idiots. <laughs> so, oh, Cassie's the first one that kind of comes to. and she's, she's the best at recovering from fainting. Oh, that's right. Maybe this is like her ability to morph. She's also really good at recovering from fainting. <laughs> it's her special talent. <laughs> Uh, I need that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so she's the first one that kind of wakes up, and uh, she's immediately threatened. And she was told that she was stunned, but if she continues to move, then she will be destroyed and has a Draken Beam-like gun being pointed at her. Um, Marco wakes up, and because he's a smartass, he goes, Oh, God, please tell me this is a regular Andalite, not Visor 3. And the Andalite flips his shit, gets his tail blade within an inch of his face, and is like, don't you ever say that name around here. He who must not be named. He who must not be named. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I love it. It's happening. It's it's true. And uh, and then Cassie goes, we are friends. Like, some fucking, like, chick in the 90s, like, on X-Files, when they come down and, like, gives them, like, the Vulcan hand salute, and is like, we are allies, not enemies. <laughs> And because um, this isn't, like, a terrible alien cartoon, this is an intelligent Andalite, he's like, who the fuck are you? We're not friends. We've never met. Like, come <laughs> on. Um, and then Cassie goes, but you rang? <laughs> word for word. <laughs> word for word what happened. No, he's like, you got my mind signal. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, those were only for my cousins, which we assume are the other Andalites. Um, and he's like, you never should have been able to hear the call. And uh, it really, only Andalite should have been able to. And they said, well, the only other Andalite we know died. And Axe goes, who? And Cassie's like, I don't know his full name, but it was Prince Elfangor. Oh, shit, I gave his name away. Whatever. Um, so they, they basically go over with the Andalite, what happened, how they're fighting the Yurks, um, how the morphing power was given to them. It, basically, everything that we know and have been reading about for three and a half books now. And then Axe kind of gives his side... Which is not good for the children. Like, he's like... Remember, the Animorphs at this point are like, the Andalites are coming to save us. We are the ancillary force until they get here. And we are fighting, but we are just holding. We are in a holding pattern. We're trying to expose them. We're trying to help, but we're not the main fighting force. And they say to Axe, when, when are the Andalites going to get here? He said, two to three years. And they oh. are like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Two to three years. And, uh, yeah. They are not happy. Because that is fucking bullshit. God. Um, and Axe gives the other part of it, which is the dome was separated uh, in orbit. And he's alone and he's desperate because he, too, is a child. He was not old enough to fight by his people's laws. So he was detached and sent into Earth's atmosphere and crashed and watched the other parts of the ships get destroyed and a lot of the um, fighters were destroyed as well. So he's alone. 
he's calling out he's a child and uh then he asked why are why are they here why are they here with him and jake said well our plan was to save you <laughs> and that's when he's like oh well we're cool then and um we find out that his name is Aximili escaroth Istil. Yay! And Marco's like, I can't possibly pronounce that. We'll just go. We're, we're just gonna call you Axe. Yep. And then he immediately swears fealty to Jake until he can get back to his people. I forgot about that. I forgot he calls him Prince Jake, and I'm oh god, that's adorable. Oh my god! And the, it leads to the, my favorite, 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 favorite dialogue, which is the always don't call me Prince. Yes, Prince Jake. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that's my. That's even better than Marco driving. As a running joke. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. oh, 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 and also during this conversation, um, Axe tells them a little more about the Yurks, and he tells them that not only do they take over uh, species, but they also annihilate any other species that they don't need. Mm-hmm. And Cassie, the animal lover, is like, well, what? Like, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know they're going to kill, like, all the animals on the Earth yeah. once they've enslaved all the humans. And I think in that moment, that's kind of her reason to fight. Exactly. Exactly what I wrote down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I agree. That's her call to action. Yep. She knows. She knows. Save the whales, save Save the animals. Save the whales and the trees and the dogs. And the bees. And the bees. And the dogs. (laughs) And the dogs. Yep. So uh, Cassie gets her reason to fight because if she doesn't, then the entire world and everything in it is going to be raised and killed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and this is also when we get our sixth member of the Animorphs, mm. our alienist member of them all. <laughs> and he is apparently pretty cute, according to Rachel. I'm not really sure how she worked that out, but she did. So... <laughs> And uh, there's this awesome moment here, too, where um, Jake just starts freaking out because, you know, they're years away. It's all of them. And Jake goes, it's five kids against the world. And Axe goes, six. (laughs) And I just I love it how he's like so immediately like I'm fighting alongside you. And uh, then it turns out he's like the most junior, junior, junior member. (laughs) No. So um, they start asking more questions about the Yerks. And Axe has this mysterious moment where he just has to stop. He goes, I can't tell you anymore. I'm sorry, it's forbidden by my people. I signed an NDA. I, I can't I can't say I can't. And this is like I, I was gonna say, this is like earlier in the episode when you're like, I keep leading you into these situations where you can't answer, I was gonna say, I'm just like Axe. I just can't tell you. <laughs> so Perfect. I feel you, man. I feel you, bro. I feel you. I feel you. Um and then Axe when he says he's forbidden to tell them, Rachel kinda loses it. She gets mad. I'm unsurprisingly Rachel gets mad she's like how can first of all why aren't why didn't you stop them you're supposed to be the greatest force in the galaxy you have this huge fleet under your command you're you're the heroes why are the Yerks here why couldn't you stop them and uh Axe doesn't he he's offended because he doesn't know but they're his people and how dare she (laughs) (laughs) uh and then Axe asks don't you know who whom you're fighting and Cassie goes, yep, I know now. <laughs> it's kind of like a, it's more flowing, obviously, in the book. But those are like the main plot points of like, it's the, it becomes a battle too for the next few books where 
the kids want to know as much as they can possibly know. They want to know who they're fighting and why and what the weaknesses are and anything. And Axe keeps like, I can't tell you, I can't tell you. And um, it it kind of causes a lot of friction. So this is like understandably. the... Understandably. This is the like very short part of like the friction. Like the, They're kind of explaining why that friction exists in a very short verse. But... We're interrupted because we have to get out of there because there's sonar pinging them and a submarine. <laughs> and they realize the Yerks are here. They found the ship and we need to go. So um, they all cram into the hatch and they start morphing. Um, they ask Axe, do you have a morph that can swim? And he goes, yeah, I, I got a creature from Earth that can swim. So I can, I can do it. And uh, they don't know what it is until they start morphing. I was morphing. hoping it would be a whale and he would just, like, take up all the space oh in, the, in the hatch and just, like, squish him up against the walls and oh, shit. That would be so amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But no, it's a shark. He turns into a shark and they all get a mad. Chark. A shark. Yeah, they're all like, what? A hammerhead shark, I believe. Cute. So he turns into a hammerhead shark and they're all mad. And they're like, X, how could you do this to us? And he's like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they they get out of there and um, start swimming away. The dome ship gets blown up behind them and they're being chased. And uh, it, I think it's X says, what, do, what does he have? Like, what forces does he have? And Jake goes, oh, hork And X is like, oh, thank God those can't really swim well. And uh, Jay goes, oh, right, and, and Taxons. He has Taxons, too. And Axe is like, what? <laughs> um, and so Taxons drop into the water and uh, are coming after them. It turns out they're very good swimmers, and that is because the way that Taxons move a lot of the time is they just eat and expel. So it's kind of like they can gulp down water and expel it and propel. So, so they're, they're, are they pooping water? Like, yes. Perpetually? Yep. Perpetually nice. water. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Just for a little taxon taxonomy. Uh, I like it. <laughs> so that's another podcast. Another taxon oh taxonomy. yeah, where we can just talk about different assets and features of taxons. Perfect. I like it. Cool. Another podcast idea. Write it down. It's ours. <laughs> Don't take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> copyright. Copyright. Copyright us. 2018 Valentine's Day. Yeah. Us. So, anyways. Um, they start fighting the Taxons. They are able to take a lot of them out. It's described as hitting a wet papered bag with a sledgehammer. And, so gross. Oh, I know, right? And they're all mucusy. And no. um, the Taxons just start exploding and they're eating each other. And then the next thing we know, the blade ship is overhead and we hear a huge splash, which dun, is dun, dun. never good. Then uh, they are suddenly being chased by something called a Madrut. Mardrut. Mardrut? Mardrut. Yeah, something like that. M-A-R-D-R-U-T. Mardrut. And, uh, and my favorite line in the book was they're like, what's that? And X tells them what it is. And then X is like, I heard it once in school, but I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> X's favorite line. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so it's... They're, it's coming behind them, and the reason it makes this distinctive sound and that they point it out is because it has three, like, swim bladders, basically, and it sucks Gross. in air, or sucks in water, and then shoots it out in these blasts, so it just makes this whoop, whoop, whoop sound as it's chasing them. And, uh, it, that means it also can never tire, because it's not using muscles, really, it's just shooting out water, so it can chase them for a really long time. 
And it does. And it does. They are running and running and well, swimming, but they're going <laughs> as fast as they can being chased by Visor 3 because they don't even bother trying to turn around and fight this thing. It'll like, you know, who knows, shoot fireballs or some shit. I mean, he's dramatic. Um, <laughs> and Axe is having some moments because he was training with his people to be a warrior, but he was too young to be a warrior and he's never been in a real battle before. So this is his first time and he's running for his life and he's going, how did they get this morph from my home world? Which always kind of ticked me off, because I'm like, Axe, he has an Andalite host body. He probably already yeah. had it. Come on. Yeah. But um, he's getting upset about that, and uh, Visitor 3 is antagonizing them, and he's he's terrified. And like they're just like, Axe, hold it. Just hold it together. This is fine. We've been in these situations before. Um, yeah, this is just a walk around the park for this us. This is a walk on. around the park for us. Walk it off. <laughs> so he's panicking, but... Um, as they're running, Visitor 3 starts catching up to them, and Axe's panic starts catching. Because they're not getting away. They are not going fast enough. <laughs> and they're in trouble. So <laughs> they uh, go as far as they can. They're exhausted. And they realize it's time to turn and fight. And this is going to be the end, but they're going to go out with a fight, and they're going to do their best. Um, and is Cassie, it like this for every book? Yeah, pretty much. Uh... <laughs> so, I, and not all of them. Sometimes there's a victory, but it's usually very hollow. <laughs> and it's usually after they're like, oh, we're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of dying. Uh, okay. Sorry. It's okay. I hate to break it to you. No. But um, Cassie realizes that she's remembering hearing the whale, and she's imagining the whale. And she's like, oh, shit, I'm not imagining it. There's a whale. Um, so she kind of sends out a call for help, calls to the whale, and then turns around and is like, all right, we're going to die. And then they all get eaten. And that's the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> uh, what ends up happening is right as they're turning to fight, uh, they start charging Visor 3. And then whales come up and grab him from underneath these sperm whales, like, take him out. Uh, and there's, I think, two sperm whales, and there's the male humpback, that's her whale, and then there's two female humpbacks. Yep. So they all join forces, and the sperm whales, like, take him out from below and fight him. The humpback whacks him with his tail, and they end up schooling Visor 3. The whales do, not the animorphs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whales save them. And Cassie has this magical magical moment with the whales she starts talking about how great they are and they believe what happens then they all get a ride home on its back yeah (laughs) first of all fuck you kids i'm really jealous i want to ride a whale i know Um, right second of all they fall asleep on top of the whale's back as it's swimming them back and i'm like okay was it swimming subsurface like the whole way because there's no, because whales usually come up for air a little bit and then they dive. Right. For a couple minutes and come mm-hmm. up for air again, then dive. They don't just like fucking. Nope, they don't. Swim parallel to the water the whole time with their blowholes above. Oops, shit. Yep. Sorry, I just knocked my mic. <laughs> yeah, they don't swim with their blowholes above the water all the time. Like. Right. So I'm calling bullshit on that, but Total I'm bullshit. also really jealous. I want to ride a whale. Me too. Oh my God. Fuck. And also. 
when whales do log at the surface, like in captivity, that's terrible for their skin. I mean, this is really temporary, so it wouldn't have done anything. But just, just saying. While we're well, here. they were they were a decent ways off of shore, though, right? Yeah, they were. They were because they were twenty miles out. About. <laughs> oh, also, um, did it say how they got from where the whale dropped them off to the shore? I believe they morphed back into dolphins and shark and went back up uh, the river the same way they came in, because it it doesn't mention specifically okay. that. But I believe it mentions them turning back into dolphins, and it mentions when they get there, they're exhausted, and they find the hiding spot of their shoes and pants and everything. Okay. Um, and they're back there with Axe, and that's when uh, Tobias is there, and Tobias meets Axe, and they kind of uh, start to have this moment. Like, I was with your brother when he died, and Jake's like, yeah, yeah, okay, enough of that. Back to business. Um, what up? How are we gonna get you home, Axe? <laughs> and uh, Mom, that's... can I keep him? <laughs> yeah, let him live in the house. <laughs> oh, there's a great line in one of the last books. Sorry. Anyways, um, so what happens next is that uh, Axe starts acquiring them one by one, and they at first she acquires Cassie, and they're like, "What? You're just gonna morph Cassie? What the hell?" And then he uh, gently strokes Marco's face. And acquires Aww. Marco. Aww. Uh, and then he acquires... That's my ship. <laughs> Axe and Marco. That's, that's your ship. No. Um, but, yeah. It's pretty popular. Is it? Uh-huh. It is. Again, I don't feel comfortable shipping any of them because they're 12, but... I don't feel comfortable with any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so he acquires them all and creates a mixed morph um that looks like all of them and is always described as a creepily beautiful man (laughs) and they ask him uh what what are you morphing male or female and he starts talking and and oh some of the best lines now are axe talking when he plays with sounds and he tries to tell them that he is a male and he's like making these crazy mouth like noises And uh, so he's like, I am a male, so I will be a male. And they're like, here, put these clothes on. And he puts the shirt on his, on his <laughs> pants. And then he puts the shorts on his head. And he was like, I undressed. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I love it so much. I already have a favorite character. <laughs> he's, I know. He becomes a favorite so quickly. I adore Axe so much. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. I love but him. But it's it's really interesting how you acquired all four of them and then morphed into a beautiful amalgam of all of them. I'm like, it, 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 can you do that with other animals? Can you, like, take, like, a fox and a wolf and then morph into, like, nope. a fox wolf? Like, nope. what? That's to be the same oh, species. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's because... Yeah, it's because of uh, species. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's obvious. But can you take... <laughs> can you take I don't know, like a black wolf and a white wolf that are the same species and Mm -hmm. make it. Okay. Yep. I'm trying to understand the rules here. You can. Well, yeah, they get Axe home and uh, this is where it kind of. He goes and lives in Cassie's barn. He goes and he lives in Cassie's barn. No, he actually lives in the forest with, uh, after a while. I think he goes to Cassie's barn first, but then he, he ends up living in the forest. Okay. Um, and they have this kind of very stunted conversation, um, Cassie and Jake do, about how it's okay that they morph the whales because the whales 
I guess, almost gave them permission or would give them permission to morph them to save the world. You mean the dolphins? I think she said that was the whales, though, in the conversation. Like, when she oh. had that, that connection with the whale on the way home, oh. that's when it, it she realized it. Mm-hmm. But they don't feel bad about morphing, like, whales and dolphins and every other animal now to use because the it's Mother Earth fighting back, basically. Sure. You know, hippy-dippy. Hippie shit. Hippie shit. <laughs> um, which is, you know, I'm glad that they had that conversation. I like that Cassie's on board with using animals to fight now. Mm-hmm. Because we, like Cassie, we're being nice to her because it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, then Cassie ruins it at the end by being a complete idiot, breaking into the dolphin tank, and uh, playing with the dolphins. Yeah, and um, she didn't she fly in as a seagull um, to get in there? Because as she makes to say, they would not, they would have tried to stop me normally. And I'm like, would they have? Because you, you fucking show up whenever you want, bring all your friends, and go play with the animals. Like, would they yep. have tried to stop you? Probably not. Call bullshit on that. Total bullshit. But yeah, she goes and, and swims in the dolphin tank. Uh-huh. She does. And as anybody who knows anything about Tilikum would say, that's a bad idea. It was don't a weird do it. situation. Don't do it. Don't swim don't with Don't do it, boys and girls. After don't, hours. Don't. Or dolphins. I mean, technically, bottlenose dolphins are a whale and orcas are actually the largest dolphin, but don't swim with oh, whales yeah. or dolphins after hours. Yeah, and yeah, maybe don't support whales and dolphins in captivity yeah no don't also. do that please don't do that yeah it's not nice they're highly intelligent as we find out in this animorphs book and it's not fair to keep them in captivity yep Woo-hoo! that's our psa yay, Happy Valentine's day! yay! <laughs> oh, love the whales love the whales and the dolphins and yep. the porpoises <laughs> i wanted to say i said that on porpoise uh, <laughs> but I you are officially banned. Oh no! <laughs> From sorry. this podcast. Oh god! <laughs> we love you, audience. That's why we're making terrible puns. <laughs> we love you so much. Oh, will god. you be our Valentine? Yes, uh, all of you. Oh god! I will send we'll you a if tiny you say card. No. I won't understand. I'll throw a fit. <laughs> <laughs> I will cry. A little. Oh my God. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, all right. Oh, email, as promised. Um, if you want to accept my invitation of being my Valentine, uh, it is anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com. I know we're Animorphs Anonymous, but apparently somebody, probably the Yerks, already took that email. <laughs> so we had to be anonymousanimorphs at gmail. I hope we get an email from whoever took that name. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so, too. It was me. I'm sorry. No, I hope we get an email from them, and it's like, please join the sharing. We're a wonderful community organization. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I will be your Valentine. We all will at the sharing. (laughs) (laughs) We do not have UFOs here. No, you don't believe in UFOs, do you? (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, let's get out of here before our two-hour timeline is really up. All righty. See you next time, audience. See you next time for Marco. Woohoo, Marco. Bye. Bye.